Pray with me. Father God, we come and we sing that song, but sometimes we need to pray the songs we sing and the music fades and all is stripped away and we come. When it's all deconstructed, we, we just want to bring something that's of worth, something that will bless your heart more than a song. You're looking into our hearts, Lord. And I pray that in 2017 at Huntsville Christian Church, as we go through this series called The Deconstructed Church, I pray that we will come back to the heart of worship. We'll come back to that place where it's all about you. Not just what we do in this room or what songs we sing or what we read or, or, or the physical things, but what we do day in and day out as individuals and corporately as your bride. Everything is about you. Lord, I'm sorry for the things that we have made it in the past. I ask that you forgive us for being selfish, for making it more about us than about you. Because that's what we tend to do sometimes. And I pray that this year we will remember that it's all about you, Jesus. Because you are the king of endless worth. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And no one can express how much you actually deserve. And yet we come this morning taking it all apart. Deconstructing who we are and what we've made because it is all about you. I pray, Lord, that this morning and through this coming year we'll be able to do just that. Take apart the distractions. Take apart the traditions, take apart the things that have separated us from you. We will be a deconstructed church that is a reflection of you. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. That song is by Matt Redman. It's called The Heart of Worship. And I got to thinking, it's not just a good song. It's not just a good idea. It's not just a good idea for worship, but it's a great prayer for life. It's a great concept as we begin a year-long series called The Deconstructed Church. And I asked the worship team, I said, hey, would you try this? And they said, are you crazy? I said, yeah. <laughs> what does it look like when we just start peeling back the layers? And I'm excited about what is to come this year. I think I got to thinking, you know, if, if as Christians we lived like that, we lived like the song we just sang. When everything is stripped away, we just offer ourselves to our Lord. If we lived like that, if, if as a church we lived and served in our community like that, what would we need to do to make that a reality? And then it hit me. We would need to take some things apart. We would need to knock down some things. We would need to deconstruct the church. We need to get down to the foundation and start over in some areas. You see, the church today reminds me of the story about Grandma's Christmas ham. I think you all know that story. Some of you are nodding your heads. Back in the day, before everything was disposable, you bought a roasting pan. And it was a good one, too. 
And every Christmas or Thanksgiving or whenever it was that Grandma was making a ham, year after year she would get the ham and she would cut the end off of it and set it aside and then put the ham in the roasting pan and start roasting or baking the ham. And the younger women would, would of course, grow up around that and take on this learned tradition of, of roasting and cooking the ham in the roasting pan. And someone would finally ask, why do you always cut the end of the ham off? I don't know. My mother always did it and her mother always did it. And it's finally find out that because your great-great-great-grandmother cut the end of the ham off is why today you still cut the end of the ham off before you put it in the pan. But she did it because the ham was bigger than her pan. And we just do it because, well, we've always done that. That's kind of how the church reminds me of that. You see, for too long we've been just cutting off the back part of the ham because we've always done it. For too long we've been doing what we've always done because we've always done it. And I don't mean Huntsville Christian Church, I mean the church. We've always done it because that's what other churches have done. Well, it, it worked for them, we should do that. We just keep cutting off the end of the ham and setting it aside. That's why we need to look at the deconstructed church. What does it really look like when we start taking these things apart? You see, we have to be careful when we deconstruct something because we can have a tendency to build back with less than average pieces. We have a tendency to build back with our, our ideals thinking they're better than God's or, or our, our passions thinking they, they trump what God would have us do. Paul even warns the Galatian church about this in Galatians chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. As I, as I read from this letter... And I actually had different scriptures for this message and someone challenged me with these verses a few weeks ago and I said, that's what I needed to preach today. And I read through this letter and I found something that I think we should consider as we begin this process of deconstructing the church and it goes like this because as, as we make a new start or New Year's resolutions, consider this. Verse 16 says, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ. <clears throat> but if while seeking, oh, excuse me, and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified, but if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For though the law, through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. See, there's danger when you start to deconstruct something. And, and verse 18 says, For if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. If I rebuild with the things that I, that I got rid of. You see, as we deconstruct things this year, and I want to challenge you personally, right off the bat, to think about what you need to deconstruct in your life. As we deconstruct as, as individuals and as a congregation, we need to make sure that what we rebuild is a reflection of Christ. We need to make sure that we're not rebuilding what we've destroyed. You see, on the cooking shows, 
the new thing, the trendy thing, is to deconstruct something. I, I watched this show, it's called Chopped. Maybe some of you have seen it. I actually enjoy Chopped, it's fun. In Chopped, you, you can bid for certain items and then your competitors have to cook with those items. And the, 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 pro, the object was an omelet. They had to make a simple omelet. But someone bid for a set of miniature cooking skillets and stuff. Little tiny, like a kid's cook set. And then handed them to another opponent. And they had to make an omelet with this tiny set of cookware. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. What's he going to do? And so this guy, he scrambles up eggs in this little tiny pan. And he sautés the veggies. And, and he, he sprinkles the cheese, the shredded cheese around it. And then he presents his dish to the judge. He says, oh, what I've prepared for you today is a deconstructed Spanish omelet. I was like, that's not an omelet. It's a scrambled egg with, a, with, with sautéed onions and mushrooms and peppers. I said, what? You can't rebuild with what you take apart with. Same thing. When we look into the deconstructed church, when we peel back tradition, when we peel back personal preferences, when we peel back our desires... When we change our focus from from inward to outward, when we break through all the policies and procedures and stuff like that, when we really deconstruct the church, we should find Christ at the center of it. And we we should have a desire to reflect that more than anything else. That's what we're going to build on after we peel away the junk. It's the first day of 2017. Don was trying to steal some of my sermon notes. Because I was going to ask the same question, who made a New Year's resolution? According to Don, nobody. So I'll just move on. Uh, but, but yeah, save me some trouble. Thanks, Don. But seriously, I want you to do this. I want you to think about one thing. For, for real quick, and, I, and it's an audience participation, I expect a show of hands. Think of one thing that you can do different. All right? I, I want to know... Because we can always do something different. We can always do one thing a little bit better. Maybe not a resolution. But think of something that you can do different this year. Because I want to know that you're not afraid of change. I want, you, I, want, I want you to know you don't have to be afraid of change. And so what we're going to do is, is in just a second, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, all of you are going to call out one thing you're going to do different this year. You could just say, I'm going to be nice. Okay. Not that any of you would need to do that because you're all are very nice. You could say something like, I'm starting a hobby. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to save money. I'm going to travel, maybe, uh, or, or whatever. All right? So everybody got just one thing you're going to do that, that maybe it's a bucket list. It could be a bucket list. It doesn't have to be a resolution because I agree with Don. Every year I say I'm going to lose one pound, and then the first week of January I lose that one pound, and I stuck to my resolution, and I'm done. <laughs> and then somebody told me that's not how it works. So I said, well, why do it? But All right, so everybody got one thing you're going to do this year? One thing. Okay, this only works if you holler it out. Because if I count to three and it's dead silent, everybody that's watching on Periscope and online is just going to think I've lost my mind. So here we go. Are you ready? One, two, three. If you're listening, they said, <laughs> did you really say eat more chicken? That, that doesn't count. <laughs> Thank you, first of all, for playing along. <laughs> and for, for people who are listening, I hope you're playing along as well. But why would I ask you all to share 
one thing that you're going to do different. And what does that have to do with our topic of the deconstructed church? And by the way, this is just the introduction. This whole sermon is the introduction to the whole year. I want you to know this. I spent the last several months of 2016, actually starting somewhere in July, August, coming all the way through, preparing a New Year's resolution for Huntsville Christian Church. And the end result is this challenge of a new beginning and in the process of doing everything through the lens of the deconstructed church. It's something I believe we can all do. It's something I believe we all need to do. I want to give you a snapshot of what our year is going to look like as a deconstructed church. And I want you to pray, and starting right off the bat, I want to challenge you all, I want to ask you all to pray. Pray for me, and pray for the others. There will be other people who will be sharing messages this year with you. And I want you to start now in January praying for that. Because it's, it's not easy to, to do that, to prepare a message, to, to follow a process. But I want, I'm asking you now to start praying every week. For whoever's going to be up on this stage, bringing the word of the Lord to you. January, we're here. And next week, January 8th, I'm going to give my first ever State of the Church address. There will be secret service. There, okay, probably not. Um, but I may wear a suit. And it's my State of the Church address. It's not so much the State of Huntsville Christian Church. I'm not, I'm not here to hound on us. But it is a State of the Church throughout our nation. Where we are. And I think it's time to address some things. It's about the bride of Christ, where she is headed. And the state of the church address will help us to understand the need for a series like the Deconstructed Church. In January, the week after that, I'm going to talk about our vision, the vision of Huntsville Christian Church. The week after that, I'm going to talk about the mission and the purpose of Huntsville Christian Church. The fifth Sunday I'm excited about, uh, and this is going to be for all of our fifth Sundays this year, is the focal point is what is our aim? And I stole aim. It's actually our adventures and missions. We're not taking shots at anybody, but we're going to talk about some of the changes and some of the things that are happening with our missions ministry throughout the year. In February, I'm going to share with you my thoughts on the eternal struggle. It starts off as we deconstruct the church from the beginning of time, how Satan has been trying to sidetrack and derail God's plan for his church. And I talked with a fellow that did a 35-year study, his name is George Fall, on starting in Genesis to Revelation, and it's just some amazing things that he has shared with me that I'm going to share with you, and hopefully I won't mess up what he started, because it's been kind of his opus, if you will. But I'm excited, because you, when you see from the very beginning how Satan tried to sidetrack and derail God's plan for his church, and for the coming of Jesus, and, and for atoning for our sin, I think you'll see a need for today for us to deconstruct and take apart some things so we can get back to the heart of what we need to be. In March, I'm going to discuss something that most people won't talk about publicly. We're going to deconstruct the Trinity. <gasps> What's wrong with the Trinity? Nothing. But there are too many legends and there's too much misinformation out there about the Trinity and we're going to spend some time deconstructing these myths and legends. And we're going to look at really answering questions about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What they do and what they don't do. As we head into April, towards Resurrection Sunday, we're going to look at what I'm calling the death of Christ, the beginning of His church. And that's where you'll see things start to transition, where we're going to start from that point 
of Resurrection Sunday, I'm going to begin to build on, we've deconstructed a church, now we're going to start with some foundational things. And we're going to look at the foundational truths from God's Word so that we can make sure that at Huntsville Christian Church, we've got a strong faith foundation as individuals and as a congregation. That series is going to be called What's in a Name? And I'm excited about it because we're going to start looking and comparing the names of God in the Old Testament with the names of Jesus in the New Testament and what that has to do with us in today, in our world today. In July, I'm going to challenge you to take every thought captive and by the way, next Sunday, the first person that comes up to me and tells me where in the Bible that came from, I will have a prize for you. All right? Take every thought captive. That's a focal point for July. Next Sunday, the first person that comes up, I will, it'll be a prize from my office. So I know you're excited now. There are many prizes in my office. A little challenge for you. August and September and, and going into October, we're going to look at the Ten Commandments then and now. Each week, we're going to talk about one of the Ten Commandments. And we're going to break it down. What did it mean then? What does it mean now? You'll be surprised at what you find out. The last few weeks of October, we're going to take a deeper understanding of a couple of the Psalms of David. And we're going to talk about how to handle things like grief and struggle. November is my most exciting month. I'm so excited about November because I'm going to challenge you with the thought that the deconstructed church is a praying church. And I'm going to hit you with that thought continually all year long at different times but in november you come getting ready get come ready to get your knees scarred and your back sore because we have to be a praying church we need to pray for each other we need to pray for our community we need to pray for our teachers we need to pray for our leaders we need to pray for our country for our political leaders We need to be a praying church, brothers and sisters. I'm going to challenge you that. But in November, we're going to focus on it with intensity. And then in December, we're going to do a little something I like to call the deconstructed Christmas. Some of you already are going, oh boy. (laughs) But it's not what you may be thinking. We're going to take apart some things about Christmas and we're going to focus on the real gift. And I think you have a good idea where that's headed. Earlier I shared with you the crux of this whole thing from Galatians chapter 2, verses 16 through 20. I want you to take your Bibles out if you have them, and and I want you to underline or highlight verses 18 through 20. I want to challenge you to read those three verses, 18, 19, and 20, every day in 2017. If you've got on your little smartphone, you can highlight it. There's cool things in that app. Actually, let's read that together now. Let's start it off together. It goes like this, verse 18. For if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. And there it is, brothers and sisters. As we begin to deconstruct the church, as we begin to deconstruct ourselves, as we commit to peeling off the layers of tradition and personal wants and desires, as we press forward 
with the goal of being a better reflection of Christ, not just in this room or in this building, but in our community, in our state, in our nation, in our world. I want you to consider that. What have you built on? I love the last part of verse 20. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. As we come into our response time, I want to shake up your thought process a little bit more about God. One of our problems is that we always remember the past better than what it was. Even bad things with time, we're like, you know, it really wasn't that bad. Maybe we even find ways to celebrate our days that we were less than average. We say things like, oh, this happened B.C., before Christ was in my life. And, and we think we can talk about it because it's still funny. We all have a way of romanticizing our past, both good and bad. But the more we tell the old stories, the more we resurrect our past, whether you mean to or not, you're rebuilding what you have once destroyed. You see, when we, when we revel in our past, we're proving ourselves to be transgressors. We keep going back to those things. The African theologian Pumbaa said it best. You got to put your behind in your past. Of course, what he meant was you have to put your past behind you and not keep looking. We can't move forward in a way that honors God if we are continually trying to rebuild what was destroyed. You see, the foundation has to be different. And I truly believe that if we as individual Christians will walk away from our old life that we should have destroyed at baptism, we should have buried it then. If we walk away, if we make a focal point in our lives for 2017 where we refuse to continually rebuild the old self that we once destroyed and work on being people that deconstruct all the distractions, we'll be surprised how God will respond to us. Every Sunday, I offer you an opportunity to respond to God's Word. That's not going to change, but today, I want, to, I want you to think about how God would respond to you right now. If today was your day to meet God, would He say, well done, good and faithful servant, or would He ask why you insisted on trying to rebuild your life on the sin that His Son destroyed and atoned for once and for all? How would God respond to you today? as we take a moment to respond to God's word, think on these things. Ask yourself, what do I need to deconstruct in my life so that Jesus Christ can shine through me? Like the song said, when the music fades and all is stripped away, I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I want to do that this year with myself, with my family, with my Huntsville Christian Church family. I want to strip it all away and simply live my life to honor God and to be a better reflection of Jesus Christ. That's my response this morning to God's Word. What's your response going to be? If you got something you need to leave here today, our elders are here, we'd love to pray with you. Whatever your response is, maybe for you, you're ready to put that old self to death right here now. The baptistry's ready. We can make that happen. Forgiveness of your sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a way to start the new year. Whatever your response is, will you stand and sing with us and 
respond to God's word, but think on how he would respond to you today. Amen. It's been great to be here with you all this morning. I can't think of a better way to start off the new year than getting back to the heart of worship and worshiping our God through song and communion and our gifts of our offering and looking into his word with my church family. I thank you all for being here. But now it's time to go. As you go this week, go looking for the things that you need to deconstruct in your life so that you can be a better reflection of Christ this year. Not just here, but everywhere you go. Will you sing this last song with us?